Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah and Talmud. No, it doesn't say that, just Torah. Please. Blessed it. That's Torah to try and get you ready. Yeah. Torah and Zohar. Yeah, that's right. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your Torah and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for his own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Thank you. Although it is interesting, what the two passages you read after you say those blessings are. One of them is from one verse and one of them is from the Talmud. That's true. Traditionally, you would... Uh, well, those blessings are traditional in themselves. <laughs> Speaking English is traditional. I like that Therefore tradition. Therefore, I don't do it. It's too mainstream. Wait, is there another man approaching? <laughs> we have three. Yehuda ben Uziel is on the way. Ah, Nine. Oh, One, two, All three, right. four, five, six, seven. I'm just going to say, I can't, I, I can't, I can't count. No, don't come on. Any but the khaki one. Well, for other that's Absolutely. The and I'm bigger. Jumped in front of your brother there. Oh, you're He's good. the eldest, you know. Well, I mean, we got two. Sir, you can only count. You can only count one from them. No, it's one more here. It is one. It is one. You are correct. Why not, man? Come on, take that chair. Just back it up a little bit right here. Come on. Step in the middle thing. Yeah, there you go. Step on those. No, sorry. Okay, are we ready? We just did the blessing. You guys missed it, but you know it anyway. Okay. I am so excited about this class. So if you, if you gentlemen who took the time to drive all this way, or stay with the driver who drove all this way, um, let me just address those who are uh, potentially remote right now. Um, if you have questions, you need to send them to questions at menoftorah.com, and Peter and Joshua will be monitoring that so that they can uh, input for you as we go. I am very interested in your comments as well as theirs. That's important for us to say. The scripture is timeless. Amen? Amen. Does that mean that what was written to the people in Israel during the time of King David is applicable, uh, applicable to us today? Yes. 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 Every word. Every word. Absolutely. Okay. So we just need to see how it applies to us. Yes? True. So you may not be making your own clothing now and just going to J. Crew, but it may be the case that should matters change and the police department, which has become militarized, causes changes in our world, and you may find yourself making your own clothing. 
in which case it would be relevant, extraordinarily relevant to you, which fibers <coughs> you would mix in order to make your fabric to create your clothing. I get it. My job tonight is to teach you grinding. Grinding is the last of the 39 Melicote uh, in our list. And we're going to do grinding in 30 seconds. Are you ready? Don't blink. Don't miss it. Elevate speech time. If you're grinding something, for example, pepper, for your meal, and you are grinding it immediately before use in your meal, you are kosher baby and have a good time. Okay, excellent. Because we have a buy when it comes to eating on Shabbat, because that's a mitzvah. If you're grinding to make dye, so that you can dye some stuff. If you're, if you're grinding stuff so that that you can. Uh, make a slurry of some mixture that you're going to use to do anything with other than eat. What are you doing? Wait. Doing it on Shabbat. Wait. Wait or do it before Shabbat. One or the other. So not unlike many of the other 39 melachot, it seems to be pretty much common sense. If we are not going to be doing things that are other than Torah study, if we're not going to be doing things that are other than learning about and connecting with God. Why are you doing that on Shabbat? So, there we are. Are there any questions on grinding? Yes, sir? Now, is it true that it has something to do with um, in relations to medicine? Because I've heard that, like, um, there is a Jewish, well, there is a uh, Melachot. You, you, get a, you get a buy if you've got to grind some medicine. I thought it was the opposite. No, no, no. You get the buy if you've got to grind some medicine that is life-threatening. If it's not life-threatening, like a uh, like a headache medication, hey, you know what? Suffer. Right, because I've heard that actually it goes so far today is because of an effort to try and avoid confusion. Yeah. Um, that in at least some circles of Judaism, they prohibit the use of like Tylenol if you don't have let's see like a migraine. It's like really yeah. painful. Yeah. Um, because it would appear, it would look to someone else as though you had grounded yourself once upon a time. Sure. Yeah. I never grind pylon. Well, I mean, no, but, but the, the fabrication of medicine is a grinding thing. The mortar and pestle originally was for that. You know, so I get it. But again, we're, we're not in a grinding scenario. Yeah, you want to avoid the appearance of evil. You know, if you if you got to have Tylenol because you got the migraine and you turn to your family and say, <laughs> right. I didn't... This capsule I did not make here today, this tablet, you know, is out of this Hoover, and I'm dying. Yeah, you're, you're good to go. Well, I feel like, this is my opinion, that based on Yeshua's healing of the man's hand on Shabbat, yeah. that that particular rabbinic prohibition might be going a little too far. Well, I, I think that most sages would buy with you, no question about it. If, yeah, suffering, <laughs> suffering. And, and the medical side of it, they're normally very lenient on. There is a little bit of concern with grinding because it's used in medicinal creation, but I think you're going to be fine. So we're, we're okay even there. Life-threatening, you, you still get it. No problem. Most people are not going to die of a headache. 
Although some mm. people would say that if they didn't grind their coffee on Shabbat, they would die. Yeah. Well, now you raise a good point. And if they're so, without caffeine, they may have a headache. So let me, well, you know, again, it comes down to what we've said in just about every one of these. If you want coffee, you make it the day before, right? Now, I, I knew my, you know, many of my in-laws, uh, my, in my children uh, were coming over, and I knew that most of them were coffee drinkers. So I prepared coffee for them. So they wouldn't have to deal with the whole grinder and all that kind of thing. And they were amazingly grateful. It was pretty, pretty cool, actually, Dad, every year, it looks like. <laughs> um, what's the problem with just making coffee? How do you make coffee? How do you make Boil coffee? Water through Boil water and you, and you put it through. Pour it through the grounds. You pour through it through the, the grounds. Grind is a verb. Grounds are, yeah. Grounds. Okay, so you pour it through the grounds. And what do you get? Tainted water. Tainted water. You get you, you get coffee tasting water, right? right? Okay. Why is that a problem? If I take a raw egg and I turn it into a cooked egg, that's a problem. Why? You're changing the temperature. It is true that changing I'm changing the temperature. I'm changing it from a raw product to a cooked product. It's a problem with pouring through tea, tea leaves, and making tea. Mixing. It's not mixing. Yeah, I... You're tainting the water. Maybe. Well, it is, it, isn't it partly based off of cooking as well? Like you're cooking the leaves to heat. Because I've heard that, like, if you put the, how does it work? It's a certain order you have to do if you're going to make. You have to make the right order, and sometimes you need to use another container. This is just too hot, so you may need to pour it in and then pour it to another container. You know. Um, Cleat, they were showing, yeah. Cleat was showing, she, 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 Shaney, etc. Okay, um, but let, you know, let's let's talk about tea. Tea is almost always allowed, as long as you don't have it too hot and you move it from container to container. Tea is fine. Why wouldn't coffee be fine? Coffee is fine, actually. If it's instant coffee, what are you doing? As far as the water goes, and you pour it into instant coffee, dissolving. you're dissolving it, and that's fine. You're okay. Yeah. You can drink like a that. Light mixture or whatever is it called? It's yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as you go the right way, you're fine. Same thing with coffee. You're okay. The problem with grinding is only a problem if you grind ahead of time. If you're grinding to eat right now, you're fine. What's the problem with my coffee machine? Uh, is it the grinding of the coffee? No, I'm about to drink it. Is it? Pushing a button, that's an issue. Electric. Pushing well, a button that's, electric, that's electrical is a problem. What if it's already on before Shabbat? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm still pushing a button, and it makes a sound. I push a button, and it makes a sound. Those two things are not going to happen. Pushing the button with no sound is okay. Um, I don't oh, I know it's okay, because Scott and I both have, I think you do too, a Shabbat up. So there can't what about be the Shabbat any, elevator? Or a, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There can't be any we, visual. You can't have any visual indication, and you can't right. have any sound. Yeah, so Scott right. and I have Shabbat ovens. So we put it in Shabbat mode, yeah, and, and it stays warm. Yeah. But we want to make it hotter. It's at 175, but I want to make it 350. Yeah, you can. I go 350 start. You said that would be better. And you don't see. That's it. exactly right because <laughs> you can't see any change anywhere. There's no sound. There's no sight. There's nothing. Yeah, that's right. But 
seems a bunch hotter, mm -hmm. and we're okay. So what's the problem with my coffee machine? First off, it's an electronic thing that makes noise and shows you a picture of the coffee. That's a problem for the 39 mile code. Okay, what's the other problem? What do you get out of it? I do get coffee. What kind? Very hot coffee. Now, it would be okay if the whole thing were silent if it went in to a beaker or something and I poured that into another one, I would probably be okay. Making it right into the cup like we normally do ain't going to happen. It's just too hot. I think uh, Joshua was the one who taught us that one. If you stick your finger in there and you got to pull it out because it's too hot. It's too hot. My carafe coffee maker actually probably qualifies because it has no no sound, no indication. You know, and, and that would be it's fine. Not very hot. Yeah, and and there may be a way for me to turn off all the sounds and sights and you know all that kind of cool stuff. But that's the only problem with the coffee machine. It's not making the coffee. It's not even grinding the coffee. It may be that the coffee's too hot, and it may be that I use an electronic issue to do it. All right. I want to move off of grinding because it's just like almost all the others. <laughs> what I want to talk about tonight in our final class on the 39 mile code is what we're going to teach next. <laughs> You're going to teach next. Right now. Up you go. I need a man to step up. What is. What is it? that we're going to do with all that we've now learned. Otherwise, we've learned this for naught. So, I've got a couple of questions just to get you started. Um, so I'm, obviously the question of, the singular question, should we keep the 39 mm code? That's the question. And it's not a corporate Bellatora question yet. It's an individual, man, family, household question. Are you, should you keep the 39 mile code? So the first thing I would ask you is, is, is this a, a, a Jew-Gentile deal? Is this a Jew versus Gentile question? Like, if you're a Jewish, you don't have any choice. You have to keep the 39 mile code. But if you're a Gentile, well, I mean, you know, you, if you've got an opportunity, if you want to, you can, but you don't really have to. Or you really, it's better that you don't. Weigh in. Come on, all of you weigh in. You start. <laughs> um, you know, does everybody know why I picked him? Because he's wiser than everybody. Besides that. Does he say because I'm white? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's the white and dumb. Because he's already had to argue some of these questions. And if you're reading the uh, Koreans Online thing, you know <coughs> that he's already made a stand in this regard. What's the deal well, with the Jew problem, the, the, the problem with Jew Gentile is that our, our Constitution is the Torah. And, and without the Torah as a constitution, none of this discussion even can take place. So the Torah is the highest level of law that we have. So you're saying that we have one law? 
We have, actually, we have one law, but we have many laws. And the problem is that it's oftentimes very hard to distinguish between what is our constitutional requirements and what is our preference. Sure. And if the Constitution explicitly says that Jew and Gentile have only one responsibility, then how can anything subservient to the Constitution have anything else? So how would you describe that Constitution? Give me a word. All of you, other than him. <laughs> what is the Constitution to which he speaks? Are you talking about the American Constitution? No, no, no. It's like that, though. It's like that, though. What's the document? Well, the Torah. The Bible. Word of God. The end all be all. It's the scripture. That's where your personal choice goes in the toilet, right? Yep. I mean, if you're wondering whether I should do this or this, and the Bible says you must or you may not, well, your choice goes in the toilet. You don't get a choice. Because you're under the authority of the scripture written by the hand of God. That's done. So the question then becomes, well, what about the next deal? And his take is we've got one law, we've got one king, and one people. That's where he's been coming. I agree with him. So... If you ask me, well, well, it's okay for the Jews, but you know, the Gentiles can't do it. That, to me, that's a load of crap. <laughs> I mean, I wish there was another way to put it. And I wish I didn't say that in front of the kids, but I think that's a load of crap. We are one people. And we call them, if you're reading the, the Talmud, if you're reading some of the, the sages, they talk about the Jewish people. I replace that when I read that with God's people. I don't use Israel. I use God's people. Because some of God's people are not Israel. They've been joined to Israel. They're adopted into it, like me. Are we all on the same sheet of music, or am I preaching to the choir? Are we okay? Are you okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Which is Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, good. He's a smart guy. He is. So... One people, one king, one law. That is the scripture. The question is not this. That's not where the 39 Melachot are. Here's, here's the scripture. Remember, keep, guard, the Sabbath. That's the scripture, and we all agree with it. There's no argument. And for this class, for this group, for our community, whether you're Jew or Gentile, that's the law. That's not the question. What's the question? I don't know. That's the question. So we don't need to argue Jew or Gentile. That's a red herring. And anybody who's spending any time on that are already having other issues that we want to stay away from. Well, they don't have other issues, they have another agenda. 
Yeah. They have a they, purpose. They, they do. Another gender. <laughs> All right. So we're we're still all on the same sheet of music. You know I'm leading you down a path that's going to cause you to go. There's a cliff at the end of that path. Oh no! That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, you guys have been with me long enough for that, right? Okay. So it's not Jura Gentile. Are you guys watching your uh, Hoover's here in case somebody? I'm trying. No one's asking questions. Good. <laughs> yeah, well, they agree. If you agree, don't write. Don't waste any time. I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I just said it. Oh. Sorry for the last. And sorry for that. And then add This is really the one that'll cause you to. Take a pause. <laughs> you need to find what sages, which sages. Well, okay. So the so the bottom line is uh, for this question is are the are the sages authoritative, or if we break it down, and I, I'm sorry guys, but I've got to use my iPad, so I make sure I get these because you all scare me. Um, While you're writing, can I ask a question? Of course. When, when we say sages, obviously we need to define sages. And when we say authoritative, don't we need to define what authoritative is, whether it is temporal or eternal? That question mark needs to be defined as well. Yes. And I think that in particular, Matthew 16 gives us a suggestion, and actually Paul's response to the chief priests when he was being brought under trial and acts as well, we get the impression that there is certainly an authoritative uh, structure that is temporal, that is absolutely confirmed by Scripture. I agree with you, and I would say that for the sake of this class and for the sake of our community right now, I am only concerned with the temporal ones. When I say they actually, are, actually, when I say temporal, though, I'm talking about temporal as in as in temporary. As as do I, like today like through my lifetime, Correct. like for me with my family and right. you with your son, that's what I'm talking so about. So police pulls me over, I am under his authority. Without question. Right. And in the same regard, Paul, when being brought before before the council, placed himself completely under their authority. And he speaks specifically to it. And, and not only that, but when he mouthed off and got hit in the he mouth, apologized. he apologized. On the other hand, and, and, I'm, and I don't know if we're growing here, but on the other hand, he specifically removes himself from authority at key points. Go ahead. Well, in regard, in regard to Yeshua, he in particular removes himself to authority. Peter, John, Paul were all told to stop speaking about him. Right. And about the resurrection, so it wasn't just that it wasn't just a loyalty to him in general, but right. it was a, in a particular loyalty. They felt completely un, un, in, unencumbered to do anything at all with regard to him and, in public. And they laid it out very clearly. Yeah. Should we listen to men or should we listen to God? Correct. So not, not what, to demote the authority. So, yeah. So what had been revealed? 
in their day, what had been revealed that had not been revealed in this way ever before. Yeshua was the Messiah. Yeshua is the Messiah. Should we shut up about that or not? We can't do that. We cannot. We cannot shut up. We will speak of him. So was, and we saw miracles happen whenever they did so. So in that, if I were to put a classification, and if I step no, far please, out, go ahead, go ahead. I would put a classification. He, Paul, Peter, and John at least then placed themselves under the temporal authority of the sages of their day. Yes. But they in particular removed themselves eternally from the authority of the sages in their day with regard to Yeshua. So if we're not dealing with the Messiah issue, who he is, what authority he has, what he will do, etc., etc., then Rick is summarizing and saying that our Gentile forerunners, and, and I think that's actually even wrong, but the majority of Gentiles that came to understand and know that the Mashiach was Yeshua. Actually, there's another exception. Kept that out. And there's another exception. And we read about it starting in, in Acts chapter 9, and it goes back to the Jew Gentile thing. They removed themselves so much from the authority that they probably eventually led to all of them being kicked out of the temple system. Well, because even of the before mixing that, of Gentile and Jew. Yeah, even before that, they were they were kicked out of the synagogues. Yes, the but, temple with was later. To, but with regard to the Messiah, we know historically that the Messiah issue did not drive them from the temple. They were not forbidden to come to the temple. Right. Uh, they were told not to speak in his name, but even in the temple we hear, we see them speaking his name. So the 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 cutting edge, the division happened over the Jew Gentile thing. So Acts chapter 9, 10, and 11, we read that the apostles specifically remove themselves from the authority of the sages with regard to the mixing of Jew and Gentile, which is a... Or, a, or, or actually the lack of mixing Jew and Gentile. But that it, was why they left. But, it, but my point here is actually, and it's, it's, it's further confirmed, we get Romans and First and Second Corinthians, that any time it had to do with fellowship, they drew the line. Doesn't count. Agreed. To me, and I don't, I don't disagree with anything that was just said. These are issues where we just simply cannot compromise. And what the sages say, really, we already know the truth. These are not the issues we're discussing, though. How do I keep the Sabbath? If we were already determined, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or Gentile then the question still stands. Mm -hmm. And we look at what Yeshua did, and in almost every case, and I think every case that I can think of, he followed the halakha of that day, except for one specific category. What was it? Healing. Healing on Shabbat. He seemed to make it clear through his own actions and, and his mixing. own words. And mixing. Eh, yeah. He made he made mud. But it, oh. He made the mud, but it seemed to be for a healing opportunity. That's true, but I mean he didn't make mud. If you think about it, because oh, it gets back to the grinding and medicinal thing, if you think about it, he's he's the son of God. 
Did he have to make mud and put it in that guy's eyes to heal? Had he healed somebody blind without doing that? Yes. Why did he make the mud? In order to He's making a point, right? Yeah. He's making a point. And, but I would say it's still in the same category. He's healing. He only made the mud in order to heal the man's blindness. So other than that one category, and so if you want to heal anybody on the Sabbath, I mean, you know, all bets are off. Have a great time. <laughs> you know, everything else, none of which are in the 39 mill code. We, we have a question here. Who's going to make the decision? You or somebody else? I'm going to avoid, do the, are the sages authoritative? I'm going to avoid that for a moment. It's obvious somebody's got to make the decision of, may I do this on the Sabbath or am I prohibited? If the scriptures are not clear, then obviously there's only two different folks that can make the decision on whether I will do it. It's either me or it's somebody else. Okay. It's always you. I, I recognize <laughs> that even if I say you make the choice, I've made the choice that you made the choice. That's right. But that's not the issue. The, the people it's not always them are children. They don't have a choice. Right. If it's not me, as far as I'm concerned... I'm hosed. Because the choice is out of my hands. If it's me, how do I make that choice? So I have several things, and I'd like you to either sort them, rate them, You're honored already, but you're too tired. So I've got seven. I've got seven thoughts here. If it's up to me, I'm going to have to make the decision. How am I going to make that decision? Whether or not it's convenient? Based on what the scripture says? What the Talmud says? What church tradition says? What Jewish tradition says, which I recognize may be different than the Talmud in some cases? Or what seems right in my own eyes? Or should I just ignore it? What about uh, convenience? I mean, it's just such a hassle. Should that have a bearing? I mean, honestly, should that have a bearing on what I do on the Sabbath? 
Are you going to take the, this day is supposed to be a day of rest and wonder and wonderful time, and it's a, it's a, a dry run for the uh, time of Messiah, and everything's going to be fabulous then. So if it's a burden, if it's inconvenient, well, well darn, it's got to be wrong. Is there anybody here who thinks that that's a valid argument? I mean, I don't want to bulldoze. Yeah, I just really want to know. I think actually, I think that I think the notion that <clears throat> that if it's inconvenient, it's right is not correct either. Right. Agree. So, so, so to me, a matter of convenience, whether it's convenient or not convenient, it's immaterial. So it should be erased from the board. That's Everybody agree? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to matter, right? It just doesn't seem to matter. If it's convenient or inconvenient, seems to be immaterial. I just don't see anywhere in the Word of God where He says, you know, if, you like if it's not too much of a burden, go visit the guy in the hospital. Actually, He does say that with regard to the Shlosh Regalim. If it's too if far, it's too far to far. go, you still go. No. You still go, but you transfer your stuff, right? He says if you can't go. Okay, it's different if you can't go. But if it's too much of a burden to that's carry right. all this then crap you, with you, you turn you, it into money. Turn it into money and then buy liquor. Right. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's see, a joke. Did you see the dot, <laughs> dot, dot after liquor? You yeah. buy liquor, dot, dot, dot. That's a joke. So, yeah, I mean, convenience, convenience, doesn't seem, convenience doesn't seem to fit. In fact, how many of you have been to a funeral? Is there anybody who hasn't been to a funeral? Everybody's been to a funeral? Great, been to a funeral? Yeah, just checking. I mean, they haven't seen it. We're a flash. Come on, we assume. Yeah. His lower half was at a funeral. Don't you find it's always inconvenient? Always inconvenient. And it's major inconvenient if it's a Jewish funeral. Because their cemetery is always a long ways away. It's terrible. It's uptown. I don't think that convenience should be necessarily like a determining factor or even really like a matter of determining. So you can you agree. But what I would say though that does give me some hesitation that I when I'm wrestling with something and not sure is it right, is it wrong, I do also know that Shabbat is supposed to be a delight. That's true. And it's like if my effort to try and keep some of the guidelines or melakot or whatever are um, I'm weighing over my head. Um, that may not actually be helping me keep the commandment of God to make the Shabbat delight. Like Judaism even encourages taking something slowly, not trying to swallow all 39 at one time if that's not what you are, you're But at. you're not saying it's right. No. Nor, I hope, are you. But Just I'm because saying, it's not convenient and it's something new you need to learn, I don't think we're trying to say here we should just ignore it and do whatever we want because it's not convenient. Well, but I think that's what I'm saying. Well, actually, he's not, he's not approaching it as a single unit. Right. He's approaching I, I am. You, Individual I, thing. Actually, you can't. Because you're sure you can. None of us keep should the Should I take You're the only one that can keep the, keep the 30 now. No, I get that part. I get that part. Well, then we can't treat it as a unit. Well, we can. We can. We can say when it comes to going out of your place, I'm the only guy who can. Everybody else can't, and it's for a legitimate reason. But that's, but that's, your own that's opinion. my opinion, though. What? No, I agree. The savings that. don't say so. That's nothing to do with convenience, though, and that's what we're talking the about. The savings don't say it's a matter of, it's a matter of that well, I can do that. I get that. I I didn't, we're not talking about the sages either. I just want to finish your comments on convenience. All I'm saying is, I don't think I agree with you that in the beginning it's not convenient, therefore I don't have to do it. If you come to the conclusion after time, 
you know, it was really a hassle, but now I get it and we really shouldn't do it. Then what you're saying was, because it wasn't convenient, was not a good reason. Right. Well, not long. That's what I'm saying. Right. But no, but I'm saying. Okay. Long term is what we're talking about here. I don't want to get through the, you know, the the time frame here. I want to see what's right and what's wrong. But I do think that convenience does end up playing a role, whether one admit it or not. And the most classic example of this is the fact that we leave your home before Havdalah. If it was really a matter of driving, again, and I have to. Again, you're driving. So that all bets are off. You're already great. But I don't need to drive that time. I, again. Theoretically. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about should you determine whether you should keep it because it's convenient permanently. And I would say you don't agree with that. I would. I have, a, I have another issue, though, as well, because you, you mentioned something. You said, is it right or wrong? I am trying to get down to right Are or wrong. Are we talking sin? I am talking I want to keep the Sabbath. That's what okay, I wrote down talking here a minute sin. ago. I'm talking here a minute ago I wrote keep, guard, or... But, but if we're talking number? sin, then obviously remember, then, we're, then we're moving way remember. beyond that. Yeah. Right. Remember, keep, guard, Shabbat, whatever you call that. I don't want to get off on a red tangent here. That's what we're talking about. But you said whether, it, right, whether right or wrong, whether it's convenient, whether it should be right or wrong. Again, I don't want to get off on whether or not you're calling it sin. I want to go keep... Right or wrong is sin. Keep, guard, remember, Shabbat. Those are the commands. Absolutely. That's all I'm currently... So we know what's right. We do? We do. To we know keep, what's wrong. guard, and That's all Shabbat. we know. We know that's right or wrong. And the whole idea of tonight is how. But then we have to say, is it sin if you don't? No, that's next week's class. That's not this week's class. And I, will I, I, I will not go there tonight. I will not go there tonight. I'm not going to go into sin tonight. We'll lose all the time. I want to know, is convenience an opportunity? If it's convenient, I should do it. If it's not convenient, I shouldn't do it. Is that really what we're saying? Is there anybody that wants to go there? Is that what you're saying? Or long term, if I learn how to do it, if I get used to it, is it then? Or if through further study I determine that that is the way you should be doing it. I'm just saying well, that, like, that's not the determining so, so that's not that's the determining happen, factor. Right? So but that's what I'm saying. But, but no, no, no. It's, but a, it's a quality of the decision. It's part of the decision because if you if I'm looking at it, I because here's the thing. Like in our in our work, we mitigate risk. So if I, I look at something and I think there's a risk, I could be doing this right or I could be doing this wrong. Then I could just. If you're, if you're really chucking convenience out, I would always go with the harder one. Whatever is the most restrictive, I would do. Are you saying convenience is leniency? Yeah, of course it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Convenience is always I, leniency. I, I don't think anybody in the room agrees with what you're saying. I Joshua. do, I do. That's what I I think it's part of the decision. You know, bottom line, to me, if something's convenient, it should have no bearing on whether that's what God intended. That's, you're going a step further again. I am trying to go the step further. But now you're saying whether it's right or wrong. I am talking about whether it helps us to remember, guard, or keep the Sabbath. That's the focus. And I want to I clarify that I'm not saying convenient simply because of what how it makes me feel. I am talking about the sense of it as fitting within the commandment to make the Shabbat a delight. So in other words, if I am in my method of determining how to do the keep, remember, whatever, and I'm trying to weigh yes. the different stuff. Could you give us then, an example? Um, well, one example would have been, uh, like, for example, it's still, a, it's still a question mark in my mind exactly how electricity functions with regards to 
fire and circuits and all that stuff. At this stage in my observance, and I say at this stage because that may change, I have felt like, um, based on what I know and I understand, that I would say that it's okay for me to turn on a light switch or turn it off again. Now, I could, in theory, um, decide, you know, it is a question mark. I mean, I don't know that it's okay, so I definitely should not because it's a risk. Because that's inconvenient. But I look at it and I say, well, you know what? Since I don't know whether or not it's okay or, or, or it's not okay, in this particular instance, it does help me enjoy the Shabbat using electricity, whatever the case may be, and so I'm going to. Okay, so stop right there, because we're going to get lost in the minutia right now, because you're not talking about convenience. You're talking about whether or not it helps you to enjoy the Sabbath. That's not convenience. Okay. Turn on the light switch before Shabbat begins. There's no convenience lost there. That's not what he said. All I'm talking about is you're actually going through how you're making the decision right. in your answer. I don't want to go through the how... Huh. I it, want to go through the points of was how not, but convenience in was order one to of do this it. Was, was it, wasn't. it wasn't convenience. It was, is it going to make it more well, joyful? At some level, it's also scripture, because I'm trying to use the scripture. Well, we're, we already know that if the scripture says, then we don't have to decide. True. It's right. already decided. So that's not a point. No. It's strictly should, if it's more convenient and it makes it inconvenient or inconvenient. Should I definitely turn it off? That's the question. I think everybody here, except maybe the two of you, are saying convenience shouldn't bear any weight. Am I wrong or am I right? Taylor, where are you at? I, I, I think, I don't know if we're defining... You don't have any kids, do you? Little kids. What's convenient? Um, I have a much different take than probably a lot of people in this room on the subject. So, but That doesn't as, matter. Give us your take. I don't think that convenience uh, should play into my a priori decision. Why not? Because my deciding factor is basically what do the rabbis say. I don't necessarily need to know if it's convenient or what. If it's inconvenient, great. Um, I make it convenient. Okay, so, but, so because, right. because the sages said it's okay, and the sages have an authority there, or are your reference point, you ignore whether or not it's convenient well, or not. Taylor, Gregory? But, but wait, Dan, Taylor can't actually talk to this point, because this is if it's me, how? And That's Taylor, true, if it's me, we're Taylor's making a decision. Not I'm not in that camp. That. So Taylor's not in that camp. Gregory, you're in this camp. Yeah, definitely an after. I would like what we were saying. I think it's convenience is more of the afterthought. That's never the first place I go. I never first look at like what's the most convenient thing to do because that's never going to lead me down the, the 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 desired okay. location. Okay, so you wouldn't cross it out. You just put it near the bottom. Well, yeah, right. like Taylor was saying, it's that's like you, you look and then you go, okay, now how do we make this more convenient? Perfect example of this is the tailoring of the toilet paper. It could be really inconvenient to tailor it to tear individual strips. Yeah, they're stupid. Before Shabbat, or you cut it in half like we learned from. And I got the and you know what? You only have to do that once a month because I don't care how many people come over; they right. can't use that. Right. Right. So, so that question is: Would you not tear toilet paper if you had to do it one by one? Like, is that your deciding factor? If it was, I'm saying, if no, something's inconvenient, would you say, well, that can't be God's intent well, actually, the because reason, it's inconvenient? The way the discussion started is you said 
sort these. Right, because right. if it's me, so we're either going to so toss them or sort them. Cross them out. Let's. Well, we're either going to toss them or sort them. So I thought we were tossing it. Yeah, but we got it as number seven. So I it's at the bottom. Sure. For well, now, it's at the bottom. I've probably been ahead of church tradition, but that's the thing. Right, so, <laughs> so, so far, so, so, so far, it's at the bottom, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's good. I like it. All right, what about the scripture? Pop. Top shelf. I mean, it has to be. I mean, yeah. I, I would remove this. It's not up to Really, it's not up to me. It's not, not up to me. me. It's not up to me. To me, uh, it shouldn't be on the list. If it's on it, it's not up to me, and therefore it's removed. Uh, yes. Uh, really, the only question mark with Scripture is simply a matter of interpretation. That's what we're talking about. So if it's in the Scripture and understandable, if there's no decision, it shouldn't be on the list. I mean, the one we're talking about is keep, guard, Remember. And remember the Sabbath. <laughs> I can't remember that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that one. So now, Taylor, you're going to take, and I want to make clear as I discuss this, I not only respect your position as I understand it, but I'm thinking I almost agree with your position. So don't feel badly. You may be odd man out and the only guy wearing... Dark jeans. It's okay. Pete, where are you? Yeah, I'm right there. Oh, there they are, yeah. So, as, as I understand it, you're, you're taking the sages as having come up with the right way. So, would you consider the Talmud the sages? Is that, is that the best yeah. way to put it? Okay. So, for you, what the Talmud says is top shelf. It's authoritative. There'd be no... Okay, we're, we're having a different class on whether or not it's authoritative okay. or top shelf. So it's we're going to say shelf. top shelf for now. So you would put this as a one. Rick. Okay. The problem with that is that the Talmud does, even not, not, not even with regard to the 39 Malachot, but especially with regard to other things, is not conclusive. Right. Yeah. No, it's in, not. In fact, that's a true statement. In, in fact, only the people who have read the Talmud understand... Which is why the, you need the, additional literature, by the way. Right. Only the people that have actually read the Talmud understand the joke, two rabbis, three opinions. <laughs> and 14 synagogues. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. You go to the Talmud to find an answer, and you're normally going to find, well, rabbi so-and-so and 35 other guys said this, but just as authoritative, 27 other guys plus this really big guy said this. And it's a reputation. Who it? Yeah, okay. So... So I get it. So for matters of Shabbat, you're using the Talmud as, as, a, as a guide there. The Shulchan Aruch. Okay, good, good, good. Now, I do Others on the Talmud. Or, or actually, um, let me put the Shulchan Aruch. Yeah, I think the Shulchan Aruch is probably a better It's probably yeah, better from, yeah. What, yeah which, are you, and and do we need to get into which version of the no, Shulchan Aruch no, we're no, dealing no, with? No, well, <laughs> there's, there's, no. There is a Chabad version. Yes, there's but a, the variations are... Yeah. Very minor yeah, with regard minor. to thirty. It, it's, the variations. It's actually less variation than the various translations in English of the New Testament. However, they had a fifteen hundred years more to figure it out. They did. They did. They've been around a little bit while, a little while longer. This is a question. I'm curious. In saying it's top shelf, how do you? And on a couple of of exceptions that you your family is forced to take right now for whatever reason. How do you determine how to do those? Like carrying 
your baby carriage on Shabbat and drive. Right. I mean, I, it's violation. Yeah, I don't try to pretend that I keep the Shabbat if I'm speaking to an Orthodox Jew. I violate it every week. It's personal. I mean, it's just personal violation. I have to do for now. I slept on three flights of stairs. That's also not preferable. I ought to be in an elevator or on the first floor, as well. I'm carrying my keys with me. I've got yeah. my sitter, my talit, all that. So driver's license with you. It's a mess. Yeah. So, so you're yeah. you're making the choice on the um, front. But that doesn't negate my my from the fixed point of reference. Um, I recognize that it's I don't just fly it up in the air, but it it's still intact that I want to be there. I just can't. And and that's your reference, and that's good. All right. Are we good so far? Do we talk about church tradition? We're, no. we're going there now. Can we just agree that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just Joshua wants to take church tradition off the map. Can we do that? I agree with Church you. tradition. I got two men who want to take church tradition off. Why, you Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Why do you put Why do you say? They don't even remember the day. <laughs> they, they who? The church tradition. Well, hell no. He's just not talking about 39 of the Mount Code, are you? You're talking about everything, right? Oh, no, no. I'm just talking about... Keeping, the, keeping, guarding, and remembering the Sabbath. Okay. If it's me that has to make the decision, what do I use to make the decision? Church tradition, Does actually, church tradition if you live in the South, if you live in the South, church tradition is actually extremely good. It is the wrong day, but they got a pretty good understanding of what you're you're supposed to and not supposed to do. On blue laws, if Messianics would keep church tradition on the correct day, they'd be in better shape. Blue laws say. That I could buy, I, I get it, I get it. I could buy the nails, but could I buy can't them. buy the hat. Right. I can buy the screws, but I can't buy the screwdriver. The whole mindset of the blue laws in the South are works. If you want to buy something, it can't be to do the work, it's for the work. Well, right. You know, when you say church tradition, I'm coming at it from my reference. All right. My point of reference is not blue True. laws. It's not any of that. Right. So, True. Yeah, we're coming. To That's why I say race it. But you got, you know, okay. So it's right after you know you're sitting So let's go eat. Like let's that. go buy and sell. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's pretty much everything. So is, does this do carry? Does this so carry any weight? Church tradition. Does this carry <laughs> like any weight? Should we? Should we toss it? Or are there some things that we should look at? I don't think it's worthless. The thing is, I think it's mostly useful only insofar it? as it provides example. Like, for example, when I grew up as a kid, um, traditions that we had in the church on Sunday involved things like doing our very best not to work. Dad almost always tried to have off on Sundays. We, um, ironically enough, we went out to eat, but we praised Chick-fil-A for being closed on Sunday. Um, <laughs> we, we, we took a nap. Yeah, I, I, I can insert that the going out to eat, pardon me, on Sunday was primarily to give my wife a rest. Exactly right. And, and we deliberately went out. Else, That's exactly right. Troublemaker! I mean, those, those things are a church's tradition, but those aren't church tradition. Like, Although at one point, actually, they, they were. They were. They the church were pretty, church church pretty Oh, man, yeah. It's like those um, were like, you just even didn't if it wasn't codified. Yeah. It did not work. What, oral? Yeah, they, yeah, they weren't codified, but clearly a majority Actually, of, they were codified. You go look at the Puritan laws from, from uh, New England, man. They was... On Sunday, you could find the 39 mile coat on Sunday. I promise you. And in fact, actually, interestingly enough, um, I remember one hearing one story of a Civil War general who was very strict with his Sabbath on Sunday. And he actually would not post mail 
that would have to travel on Sunday. True. So he would post it like on Monday or Tuesday, but if it was after that, he wouldn't even send it because he knew the mailman would carry it on Sunday. Okay. okay. So the question here is... Do we, we can ask a question? Yeah. Is there anything found in church tradition that isn't already covered in one of the other prisons that you'd be filtering mm -hmm. the question? Probably not. Good Probably question. not. Probably That's not. Probably not. Jewish tradition, yeah. 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 So I... And, and you, sure, from Jewish tradition comes most of the church tradition. They just flip the day. So the question becomes, should it stay on the list? Well, I can, I can tell you personally. I, I can say personally that it would never, it would never cross my mind at this point in the world to go back and see, well, I wonder what, what Christostom said. No. <laughs> you know? I, I wonder what Luther said. I don't care. But this is, we're not talking about anything but Holocaust here. Correct. It's just so Holocaust. I don't think you'd go to the church for Holocaust. Probably not. John? I would say that I like the earlier statement that was just made about is there anything contained within the other ones that would not that would not include this? For, for instance, when it comes down to the topic that's just brought up about working on the Sabbath, well, that's not even an issue for Jews because they would get a job where they know that they won't have to work on the Sabbath. Okay. You know, it's, you know, if they're observant, then, you know, then that won't even be an issue. You know, that's not even a concern for them. So looking to church tradition at that point, at that point becomes null. Yeah, cross it out. <laughs> that's just one of many examples that I can think of would, immediately. How about Jewish tradition? Absolutely. Yeah. How would you define that? How would you, you work with that? How would you define church? I tell you, it's a tough Shabbat, Shabbat in Shabbat in the United States is is different from Shabbat in Jerusalem. Good. How would you how would you juxtapose church tradition with the Shulchan Aruch? Jewish tradition. Thank you. Jewish tradition with the Shulchan Aruch. Surely, surely they are two different things. Yes, they are. Yeah, right. Because Jewish tradition has a has a cultural and a community flavor. Precisely, which is where I was coming from. A vernacular. Yeah. Well, you know, we went. Pete and I went to a, a Jewish funeral. Pete was honored, mentioned from the uh, pulpit, <clears throat> from the pulpit, Bina. Bina. from the Bina, by the rabbi as being a close and influential person on this Jewish woman, and. Chosen as a pallbearer in a Jewish wedding. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> just, just. That's it. I'm wow! Finished. Was that? I finished this up. Same Whoa. thing if you're in the church. Yeah. At a Jewish funeral. There's just been too many weddings lately. Okay. Or too so, much church tradition. That's right. So, uh, like a so here's a here's a Gentile, a pallbearer at a Jewish funeral. That's astonishing. That's unheard of. That's absurd. Hey, why did it happen? Because they're not following the Shulchan Aruch. This was not an Orthodox family. It was a conservative family. And there is a tremendous amount of Jewish tradition which says that you need to honor the dead. Yeah, that's here. Which says that you need to get people that would honor them and honor them in their life. Yeah, that's here. And here... Well, it doesn't matter as long as they're moral, whether they're Gentiles or Jews. And they surely don't have to have a keeper. 
So I, I'm seeing this as decidedly less orthodox, but I think still a value. So where where do you come down? Does that does that play? Absolutely. We've like got something there. We like candles. Okay. It's a Jewish we, like, tradition. we like candles, exactly. We like well, candles, but we don't like candles because of Shukhan Aruch. We like candles because of Jewish tradition. Precisely. I mean, Shukhan Aruch discusses it, but the reason we do it is because right. of Jewish right. tradition. Right. It's exactly right. It's what our family does. So are we a, we're above seven, I would say. We're probably we're of six for right now. If this is removed and this is removed, then seven, six. How about what seems right? I mean, it seems... I mean, it just seems right. Well, you, coming with that, you've got to have some sort of. Where are you basing the seams from? You know, yeah. What standard? What, what's right? Well, it seems right for some people to drive like hell pulling out of the church parking lot on Sunday. It seems right. right for some people to behead other people. That's true. I've noticed Amen. that. But, on the other hand, right what seems right is your only alternative if you're not going with the Shulchan Aruch. Mm. Well, it really comes down to. Your own. It's not your own alternative because I sure, think there's yeah. something missing up there. All right. Well, hi, uh, let's finish up. Marines on. No. So, <laughs> so, so, what seems right? Would you say what seems right? Help me to understand. I mean, I've got the the comment in the Book of Judges several times that the men did what was right in their own eyes. Not a good thing. It wasn't a good thing. But that's not what we mean here, right? I mean, we're talking about moral men. We're talking about scripturally based men who desire to be tzadikim and they're making a judgment call and saying, you know what? I may be wrong, but when does this come into play scripturally? Are you not reminded of the uh, young lady who lives with her father and she makes a vow? How is she protected from making this terrible vow? Her husband or her father, depending on whether she's married or not, is able to say, you know what? It's the day I heard of that, and you're not going to do that. You watch. It says that he will bear her sin. What's he doing? He's doing what's right in his own eyes. He's doing what he thinks is best. He's doing what he thinks is right, and God lifts him up for it. That's not to say there's not consequence, but he is actually encouraged to make a decision, as Paul would say, to act like a man and potentially save her from ruin. I say that there is something there. Yeah. Spirit of God. Yeah, I almost feel like that's like where wisdom comes in. Okay. Because you, you're, you're studying Jewish tradition, you're studying Talmud, you're studying scripture, all this stuff. That I don't know where it says it, but. Exactly. You gosh! You can't put your finger on it. You're not doing it because of a quote. You're doing it because, in, in this particular case, you've gained wisdom and it seems like the right thing to do, which is why typically these people are are the ones like, like a Pulsite, somebody that uh, can actually. or no, make, uh, They can make a decision. Yeah, they can make a decision. Yeah, I'll lock your decision. Right, and, I, and, and one category, or maybe one thing you could add up there as another category, or it could fit into the what seems right, is the importance of the community. Well, because well, well, no, 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 no. let's finish this. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, wait. I got two more, and then we can end. Okay. Uh, okay. Stand by. All right. But on the what seems right, like I said earlier, I think that unless you're in Taylor's position where you say the authoritative is the Shulchan Aruch. Well, what, what is he doing? 
giving up my. He's he's right. he's, he's he's abrogating. Right. And he's saying no, he's not. It is not up to well, me. He says he is, but he's not. I'm still deciding to follow. That. That's right. He is right. not. He's, right. He has not abrogated because he, there's no such thing. Every man is a moral being. Okay. So he is saying, right. I choose to use. This Basically, reference. his what seems right decision is only one fold. He makes one of those. That's Pretty right. much. The Talmud is right. Pretty much. The Shulchan Aruch is right. That's right. But truth be told, when he chooses to violate it, Tim, he's in the same bucket we are. That's right. Okay, I've got to drive. So, am I going to pack up the car with all kinds of stuff? Or am I going to go visit Joseph's house ahead of time and put the stroller in the garage? Am I going to carry my sitter, my Talmud, my this, my that, and bring him and put him in his garage ahead of time? I'm going to go visit Friday afternoon. That'd be inconvenient. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. No! <laughs> oh! oh! It'll be dry. Oh! So you might as well pass the ball. Oh! Okay. That's what I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's a decision that I... The what seems right looks... As you, as you kind of point out, it looks really it's bad. It looks, it looks bad, but it really is a reality, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's standard. All right, so now number-wise, I've got this at the bottom. And there's your church tradition. We can't keep the law, so why try to keep any of it? Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, let's take yeah. it off. So I got this one. I got this one. Would you put this above Jewish tradition? Oh yeah. 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 No question. Absolutely. Sure. You're deciding okay. what traditions to keep, so obviously it's yeah. based upon something. I mean, I would, I would almost say it's. Did, it's we, the did we not number this? Where 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 put this? I would I would put that probably adjacent to uh, Jewish tradition, uh, not over or under, just kind of like because oftentimes if I'm not sure, Shulchan Aruch explains it much better than. You know the internet. Yeah, sure. Okay, I would say that I'd actually put it ever so slightly higher because I would. I'd rather Absolutely. know what they say Absolutely. rather than what the Jewish Absolutely. Jewish tradition is. So seven, six. Um, so four. Uh, four. Yeah. Well, you're five. So where's awkward because what seems, it? as I, as previously noted, what seems right is really number one. It is technically. Well, not not it's me, really it's me because I think you don't make it up off the top. You, I think you do go through these first, and in the end, it's what seems right to you. Right. I think that you look at all these first. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe it's even under right. convenience. Then. Yeah, sure. It, this seems to be almost the last resort. I agree. If the Shulchan Aruch says, this is the way to do it, and I look at it, I'm either, like him, going to say, well, that's what I'm going to do, or I'm going to throw in and say... I have I just kids, cannot, there's no way that I could put my family through I that. just cannot make my I cannot ask my wife to do that. I, I, at this point in my life, I cannot ask my wife to do that. But isn't that what seems right? Well, no, it's convenience. And then you're me. I, uh, I, you know, I maybe, know. I maybe, think, maybe I mean, it's kind of a mismatch. Okay, it's a mismatch, but, but we're not going to get it. Does anybody want to say that they just ignore something? No. No one I mean, that, no that one doesn't work here, if right? they decide against it, they're not ignoring it. Right, right. So, uh, so we would never right. ignore something. No. All right, so what did I miss? Every choice is a moral, moral choice, whether you recognize Right, so what did I miss? Uh, I think what you missed is, and Joshua touched on it with the community, it, there's, there's the, there, is the, there is the flavor not only of the community, and I, actually I would talk about community in two, in two realms. Number one, the realm of the community that you find yourself in, in in a large community. An example would be, when I'm in Jerusalem, I do like Jerusalem does. Sure. I don't drive the, on Shabbat. The greater community in which you find yourself. Absolutely. Uh, it's not your community. It's the community it's, you're in. And it's 
it's, it has it, the matter of convenience actually is is settled then because the community <laughs> makes it convenient. That's true. Uh, I mean, that's why, ironically, a lot of this stuff is just kind of like. Well, the problem is we live in the wrong. We place. live in the wrong place, right? Uh, but, so, but so it, to your it, point, now let me just comment on that. To 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 Rick's point, if you're in Jerusalem and, and Juliana was there, right, and she got invited to Erev Shabbos meal with an Orthodox rabbi, or actually it was a rabbi, just an Orthodox scribe. man, right? He's a scribe, he's a sofer, right? And she showed up, and they just assumed she would be spending the night. Because she had to take the bus to get there. What does that mean? You can't take the bus to go home. That's right. She didn't know her, they didn't know her from a hole in the wall. They just assumed she'd be spending the night. Because that's what the community does, and they prepare for it, and they make it that's right. convenient to happen. But then but then you have the community, you have a smaller community, and that is your, your acquaintances. And this is what Paul speaks about when he talks about in Romans 14, yes. where he says, As for the one who is weak in, faith, mm-hmm. if weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. And the word opinions, I like the way, that actually, the way the King James says it, says doubtful matters. Now, what are doubtful matters? We can talk about whether they're doctrinal or not, but he actually gives us examples. And those examples he gives actually don't seem very doubtful. Because he says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. He's not talking about eating unkosher food, but right. he's talking about only eating vegetable because he's not sure where it came from. That's right. I don't know if this is kosher or not. Did that? Did, was there? A, was there a? Uh, you when know, did this get slaughtered? When did yeah. this get slaughtered? Did you buy this in the market? Right. So did this get sacrificed to idols debate, ahead of time? Listen, is that hard to eat only vegetables? It's not. But he says one person believes he made anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Mm-hmm. I would tell you with, with every fiber of my being, with everything in my heart, the only reason that Bella Torah has existed as long as it has and seems to thrive from time to time is not because there's great teaching. It's not because our Torah service is top shelf and over the, you know, over the top. It's not. The reason is because of what Rick just read. Every man in our community defers to the other. Absolutely. True. It is absolutely extraordinary to me that of the three guys that seem to be the mouthpieces for our community, we have three completely different holocaust for for eating kosher. I don't think he separates. I don't really know. I never ask him. I don't care unless he's coming over my head. I separate uh, but not beef meat. and dairy. Red meat. Yeah. Red meat and dairy. Thank you. Red meat and dairy. But Greg Upham, my goodness, he separates everything. He's got different pots and colors and pans and the whole thing. But I've had, I've had him over here. I've been over his house. There's never a question. And actually, interest, I was going to give Greg as, a, as an example, a very laudable example of this. Um, when... The Uphams come to our house, or when you come to our house, we make we make accommodations for your halakha. Exactly. And, and the yeah. irony is that when we make accommodations for other people's halakha, their response to us is, "I'm in your home, whatever." You whatever do you want to do. And Greg Upham me, is awesome about to that. To me, that is, and that's exactly what he says. To me, that's exactly what Paul is speaking of. 
And he's not talking about matters of scripture. He's, mad, he's talking about these exact things. Exactly. He's talking about where there can be difference of how we do it. Now, to me, there doesn't seem much debate when I read 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 10 about eating meat offered to idols. I mean, how can we even contemplate that? And yet Paul actually says, look, it's nothing. And if you don't ask, you don't need to know. Yes. It's like, are you kidding me? But he says, if you don't ask, it's okay. Wow, that's yeah. a pretty, that's pretty bold. And, and then you put it in the context of our community. You go over somebody's house and you know they're just starting the walk. They don't have a clue. They can't spell kosher. I'm sorry, we don't eat that. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. Hey, what did you, what did you make? Now, pork That'd be a is not thing. what we're talking about. Right. But this is beef that, you know, it says halal meat on the bottom. Hey. <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. You know what I'm saying? They I don't want to whatever, they, whatever they did, they chose to put together a meal for us. Yeah. And it's kosher food. Paul is saying, eat it and make them feel like kings. That's right. And you know what? It happens all the time in this community. And I think that's the key. I, I agree. Which, which is going to be, I hope, a final note on the 39 Melachot. I think there's one more community that's even smaller, and it's your family. And, and to me, this is why it's really important that I don't use the Shulchan Aruch. Because... Taylor, and since you brought it up, Taylor, I'll use you as an example. Taylor, your wife may be completely on board with following the Shulchan, and your child has no clue. So, there will never be an issue. As he'll grow up in it, as Ben Upham grew up and thinks he's Jewish. Okay. Tells people he's Jewish. On the other hand, if for those of us who have families that are older than that, we have we have a obligation to our small community to make sure that Convenience is a matter of consideration. With one caution with regard to raising your children. Personally, I would always, even if my children had always been raised in it, I would always let them know the difference between the Shulchan Aruch and the Torah. The written scripture. I agree with you 100% Rick. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where we are commanded as men to recognize that our wife is the weaker vessel. If you don't put that stuff in there, then I would say to you, man, you have absolutely no idea what that scripture means. That's right. Because it doesn't have anything to do with physical prowess. So I, I'm real big on that. But that's the beauty of what we're talking about. Because Rick has his family in this mode. I have my family in this mode. Are we talking right and wrong? No. It's my family. It's his family. When I go over his house, I am honored. I'm honored to be there, and I'm honored because he knows what my halakha is, and he made it for me. And when the reverse is true, and he comes over my house, same you don't, thing. You don't have to mix me. I want to do whatever I can to honor him. And to me, that's a beautiful thing. 
I would go so far as to say, and I'll, I'll close with this and, 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 and take comments, that what Rick is talking about here, to me, brings back the primary issue that we overlooked. What are those commands? Remember, guard, and keep. keep. And keep. You remember, you remember, you remember. I am two out of three, baby! <laughs> Do you think God was unclear on what he meant? Or do you think he was deliberately unclear when he told us? I believe that's the way it is. Okay. Iron upon iron. Tick, 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 just, just a half a second. Take this live bird and <laughs> under running water, grab a piece of red string in this same hand Wring its neck so that you get three drops of blood to come. If you think God didn't have enough time or enough type space Detail. to put in how to keep the Sabbath, you just need a little, read a little bit more of the Word of God. I believe he left it to communities. That's right. I think he left it to the greater sages of Israel to have an overriding community sense as we see in Israel today. And I think he left it to individual communities and the elders in those communities. Otherwise, what you think Paul made that stuff up? Assign elders in each of your communities. Why? What do you need an elder for? I mean, every guy's going to do whatever he wants, or it's all in Shulchan Aruch, we're done. Ah! No! Well, even if it is all in Shulchan Aruch, that's they still need a rabbi. Yeah. The Shulchan Aruch, multiple places, says <laughs> consult your local rabbi. Yeah. All right, so... I, I jumped in and, and kind of <laughs> stole this thing. Go. When you first started. Like your uh, hat, by the way. Uh, thanks. thanks. You want it? No, but I've got one. Thank you. Is that one? No. No. <laughs> when we first started going over the Malco, um, one of the things that I recognized the value to it, if it wasn't immediately impressive upon our family to to dive in, it still was um, valuable to Absolutely. me to know what you all were making your decisions That's right. on. And how I could keep, you know, so we could still be somewhat. Right. We got the fellowship. Or Absolutely. Good. And. Um, it's a good point. Uh, but also to, to help keep her from embarrassment. So as we share time right. or whatever, I want her to be aware of these are the things you want to keep right. from doing it. Go to Jerusalem. Like you, don't wanna, you, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to do something offensive. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. not do something stupid. Greg. I was going to say, like, the, with uh, just, I'm so appreciative of our community as well, and because I feel like everybody has such a loving disposition, and that creates an atmosphere of open-mindedness, like yes, we talked about. See, when you start with like the, oh well, we don't do this, oh well, we don't do that, and you just lay out all of the things that you don't do and how different you are from everyone else, everyone just automatically gets defensive. That's exactly. And right. starts arguing points as opposed to just. When, when people respond in such loving ways to dinner invitations Absolutely. or, I mean, you guys are always so accommodating because Morgan and I do the whole kosher meat thing, you know, and it's just, it's so, so gracious. And that has opened up so many lines of communication and conversation through everybody around and that it is, I, my faith has grown so much because of that. And I think we would have been turned away a lot faster and a lot of other people would have as well if we were just always 
throwing the those individual nuances of this community's halakha at them right away. Exactly right. Now, I say this to you, and I might as well say it to Joshua at the same time. Um, I do get the sense. The fact that you have a specific halakha that's different than mine, I, I revel in. When I need to interact with that halakha, I will do everything, everything I can to honor your halakha so that your daughter does not have the mistaken impression that her father is right and her husband's got to learn. Even if I disagree with your halakha, I will always support your halakha and your halakha because you guys run your home. Those girls are not under me anymore. They're under you. And I have the opportunity to honor you as the heads of your households. And I think that is the most fabulous thing. And I, I do that for every other man here, but especially for the two of you and for Isaac. Absolutely. And I'll do it for him someday. Maybe. Or argue with him. In front of his wife. But, I, I mean, I, I, I hear your point. And it is, I think it gives us opportunities to outdo one another in brotherly love. Because how else are you going to do that? By gifts? I don't think that's what he meant. And, and just to add on to that, that is not unique to us either. The first person that really stood out to me because I just wasn't expecting it, was Jeremy Gapel. Yeah. Like, when he showed up, like, he stayed with my parents. Like, complete Gentiles, you know, and he never, like, he was so careful. We always had to ask, like, can we do anything? Because he was just doing it on his own, like, yeah. never wanted to bother yeah. anybody. Yeah. And it was just, it was so cool that he just wasn't, like, in your face about, like, oh, here's all the things I, oh, you do that? Oh, no, sorry. It just, it was, he, he really showed an, an, an atmosphere, he showed so much gratefulness for the hospitality, and then, like, we were able to have other conversations after that, you know, but it started there, just with, with the love. Because of his love and his graciousness, exactly right. Part of what you see in men like Jeremy, and not just Jeremy, but, but and, and he's exceptional, so don't misunderstand this, but this actually it's not uncommon, and it's because it's been a part of his life for so long he's not trying to make a point the problem that we have in messianic judaism is that a lot of people it's new and they're trying to make a point about what they don't do right and they found a really good way to be able to separate themselves from their old friends right. and find ever smaller group of new friends by not by defining of not by the definition of we have brotherly love, which is actually what the scripture tells us the definition of fellowship is, but rather what we don't do together. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the delineation you know, of, and this of is something the knots. And this is something that and I remember, it's probably 2003 or 2002, um, <clears throat> listen to Daniel Lancaster uh, talk in a, in a Shabbat talk about their community um, up in Hudson and some of the things that their community is going through. And it was, it was heartbreaking. The first, actually, the, probably the best sermon I ever heard on Romans 14 was Daniel Lancaster. And this is exactly the, top, the scripture that he used to talk about things that are going on in their, in their community. And I'm sure it all worked out. So it's nothing, nothing against that. Yeah. Because he addressed it in such a way. It was heartbreaking. And it was heartbreaking to him what was going on in his community because they were arguing, and I'm sure they're not anymore, but because they were arguing over doubtful matters, because everybody was more observant than someone else. Exactly, and they always will be. So let me ask you, with regard to opinions or doubtful matters, do you know for certain, absolutely without question, from the Scripture, 
that you should tear toilet paper on Shabbat? Anybody? Seems to be kind of doubtful. So, you know, now to the right or wrong question. Is that really something that we should label as right or wrong in the community? We should in your family. Hey, that's your call. It should be wrong not to make provision for those who do. Right. That's true. that should be wrong. I would I would even I would even say I mean I would I would I would not jack up Josiah. When I'm over your house and you know I don't I don't tear and you didn't make accommodation for me and now I can't go to the bathroom in your house. I don't think I'd jack him up for that. No. So I'm agreeing we should do whatever we can to understand everyone else's Holocaust so that even if you gotta ask before you invite them over where they're at with stuff, right? There's I nothing mean, wrong with that. I love doing that. It's not offensive. Yeah. You know what's neat is when you when you uh, you get somebody who's outside the community. Do you have any uh, dietary, dietary, dietary restrictions that we need to be aware well, that's of? That's easy. You know? So I mean if you can ask somebody who's not keeping the Torah, why couldn't we ask one another? Hey, tell us about your Holocaust so that we can honor you while you're here. It's a teaching thing for my kids. Let me help them to honor you. You guys tear the toilet paper? Great. I'll get the saw out and cut the toilet. You know, I'll have it ready. Not a problem. Yeah, and um, my wife did basically the same thing with the Kobe Michaela's Shiva Barakot. Uh-huh. Because um, the Uphams have their um, eating halakha. Right. And she wasn't even sure what Colby Michaelis was going to be. Right. Their new family. So she basically reached out to them to find out what their standard was. Yeah. And then she sent it out in the email, the blast email, to all of the families who were hosting saying, here's what their standard is. By the way, here's where they're at. That's cool. Not cool, isn't it? But that and that's that's basically what you have to do. And the thing is you learn. I mean sometimes you might if you do mess up, you know, I think there's grace to deal with that, but the same time then you learn from it. So like I you know, we've we've had people come over um, that needed to leave a, uh, they actually left their salad bowl with us that evening because they didn't want to carry it home with them. Okay. God bless them. I'll take care of that. Yeah. You know, it's, that, it's a neat deal. And that's the thing is it's like, I, I, I would like to think that everyone, and I hope that, you know, you guys, especially anyone who, who takes yeah, especially on, you weird people. Well, no, no, anyone who takes on more nah. of the melacote. Um, we need to make provision for that. that, that you, you bet would, we that do. Know that I would do the very best to make my provision for you. And, um, that I'm not afraid of, of a conversation on it to say, hey, by the way, we come over, you know, we've been really trying to do this, if you know, if you could help us out with that, you know, I, I'm fine with that. And, and Joshua, to your point, if we don't have the freedom to do that, I would say something's wrong. We need to have one of those, you know, community meetings to talk about <laughs> no, it. No, right? it's not. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's really important. We should be able to say that, you know. If somebody's not tearing the, t- I mean, there's a little basket under the counter in here right now. And it's all ready to go on Shabbat. And we just pull it out and put it on the floor. If you're not tearing, you don't have to tear. If you don't want to make coffee on Shabbat, there will be coffee in a, in a carafe for you that says Shomer Shabbos. I realize you're not Shomer Shabbos, but you get the idea. At least somebody who doesn't know what Shomer Shabbos means isn't going to drink your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? You know what I'm saying? Shabbos is a deadly poison. So... Did we miss anything? I mean, I, I hate to come out on a sort of a pff, note. That's not my intent. 
It's not my intent to dismiss the 39 Miller Code. We spent a long time looking at these, and I want to tell you personally where I'm at with my family as soon as Taylor speaks. Um, I just think that the whole framework for this whole conversation is probably the best that it could be because, um, I mean, this class could have been, this class tonight could have been, you know, people arguing over positions like a, like somebody holding to one theological position and another holding to another theological position. And at the end of the day, everyone gets to see how much more we agree with our own position. <laughs> um, but that's not the point of this. I think that, you know, it may be somewhat, it's good and it's to find the good in, the, in diversity, um, to find the fact that we're all on different levels. And we all even have different standards for why we're at those different levels. <laughs> and that isn't necessarily the point of what we're going to point out. We've made, uh, like, within ourselves, disagree with other people. That's totally fine. We can talk about that another time. But I think it's really cool to be on the record, on camera, out loud, talking about the 39 Mellow Code, and then ending the class with finding the good Amen. in the entirety of the series. Praise God. So Thank I you. think that it's pretty cool yeah. to do that. Um, I think it's rare, quite frankly. You know, you normally don't get a lot of guys in the room, you know, from varied backgrounds to, to come together in, in this fashion, except for Pete, who never says anything, so we never know where he's at. Um, I think that uh, just to give you a sense for where I'm at, um, I, I think I owe you that. Um, I listen to almost all of you teach. I listen to you go through all that stuff. What you have? Reaping? Harvesting? What you have? Kneading. 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 What you have? Harvesting? Reaping? Or stuff like that? Pulling the berries and stuff? Yeah. So I listen to you guys go through. Yeah. I, I, I listened. I learned. Do you have the chair leg through the through the dirt? Is that what is that you? No. Who other? Somebody had that. What was that? That's a plow? Yeah. Is that you? Was that was gross. Was that one of the 39 millicoles? Yeah. <laughs> That's where Peter stands. Yeah. I mean, so what I got out of it was was this. I had my eyes opened. It caused me to buy another set of books, which is really cool. Um, and and you know, for those of you who have not seen the you know the be all end all in the thirty nine miller coat, you're in like four volumes, and it's it's truly an amazing book. I lent it to Isaac uh, to do his class and. Uh, I saw it from Greg Upham, and it's a great book, or, or a series of books, and it goes through it all in plain English. It says, well, this is, this is what we do and we don't do, and this is why on this particular topic. We know about coffee? Look at the index under coffee. Four different places to look. This is the deal on coffee. Instant coffee, not a problem. Make sure you do the all those cleans. So my take on it is this, uh, and this is, this is where the, 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 the Joe Squitcherini family is at right now. Um, I've, I've looked at all 39, and I didn't find a one that seemed to me to, so, to be so overbearing and so over the top that I would laugh. Because the one that I've always laughed at is the tearing of the toilet paper. Turns out that's no big deal at all. So, are we going to keep all 39 Mellicode as of tomorrow? Not a chance. Not a chance. 
Well, my wife and I are going to pick one of them every single week, every Shabbat. In 39 weeks from now, we will be done with all 39 melachot. Either we will have absorbed them or rejected them, modified them or dealt with them in some way. But we are going to, as a family, review those. And I can tell you right now that our take on them so far is, I'm just not seeing a real big problem here. I'm really not. I'm the only guy that doesn't have to drive. Am I going to deal with some things and have to wonder what to do? Flipping on the light switches? Stuff like that? Using my coffee pot? That's big, guys. That's really, really big. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I'm all about prep. My whole family's about prep. Fridays is unbelievable here, the sixth day of the week. Can I make coffee into the carafe for me too? Yeah. Do I have a carafe big enough to hold the whole community? You bet I do. I got one as big as that chair. Making coffee is not a big deal. Preparing for the Sabbath, not a big deal. So one by one, my wife and I are going to look at those. It's easier for me than it is even for Rick right now. It's easier for Rick now because two of his sons are already married. He's only got the one son. It's easier for me. I used to have five here. I'm down to two. In a couple of months, I'm down to one. It's easier for us to come up with new halakha. But as I go through that, I am going to share with you on this needing thing, we don't need anyway. <laughs> bam! I got that one down. Bam, 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 bam. You're not harvesting. You know? Right! I'm not harvesting. You know? I don't even go out there and pick a couple of berries. I won't pick on Shabbat. I don't do that. So you're not picky? I'm not very picky. So, for some of them, for most of them, I think, 39, I think 20 off the top are going to be a slam dunk. The other 19 we'll talk about. So... Am I going to be coming over to your house to where you need to worry about those for me? Probably not. When am I going over to your house? I'm going over to your house after hot dog. So you really don't need to worry about those. Now you guys are always gracious to keep my halakha, at least my halakha, while you're here on Shabbat. Don't drag the chair through the ground. You're staying on the concrete anyway. Does, I just don't think it's going to be a really big deal. And I hope that in the end, after all this discussion, you guys are going to look at those 39 coat and go, you know what? Not that big a deal. Why not just keep them? Or at least evaluate each one and go, we do that anyway. Buy the new, what is that? Is it the new light switch? Is that what it was? That allows you to turn it on at any time? Actually, it doesn't turn on at any time. It's randomized. That's what, so you yeah, flip well, that's the switch what, and it doesn't come on. That's what makes it right. And then a little bit later yeah. it comes on. So you can flip the switch on to turn the light on. And because you are not actually turning the light on, because it will not turn on when you flip the switch, you walk away, and sometime later, randomly, the light comes on, it's halakhically okay. Really? And it's already yeah. been checked. It's already, I mean, they got. When you shut it off, it'll eventually. When you shut it off? Actually, it doesn't open or close the circuit. There's a, there's a, it has a little light, yeah. it has a light sensor inside. It has a little light that stays on all the time. When you slide it, all you're doing is sliding this light over the light sensor. 
and it when it slides, then it randomizes and turns it on or off in an indeterminate way. So you have no control over it. Your action did not cause this, and that's what makes well, it Well, it did, but not immediately. Well, therefore it didn't. Yeah. It's like quantum mechanics for it's basically, it's exact, yeah. Actually, I it's think that's exactly what it, what it called. is. Was yeah. it the quantum light Something switch? like that, yeah. The quantum light switch. And all the rabbis were like, if you look at the halakha, this meets it. Yeah, there was, nobody, there was yeah. nobody who said... No, that's actually they were saying. How come we didn't think this before? That's right. <laughs> so there we go. What a great idea. Other other comments. I'm so glad we got to grind all this out together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's a full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're back. Peter, final comments. No, no comments. Come on, give me some comments. Come on. Good, good, good class. Good class. <laughs> well, good discussion. I guess it wasn't really a class. He's got two more months before he has to make any of these decisions. It's not a dumb. Well, that's not true. Yeah, he's, uh, he's made a lot of these decisions. decisions are not <laughs> I, um, I respect the fact that you're using the Shulchan Aruch. I actually feel a little weenie-ish um, that I'm not going to lead the way in that. And I think that's cool. Um, I think it's a great example of your site. If you get weird, I think we'll all jack you up. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'm really trying to grow this. Every time I go to my barber, who's very profane, he keeps trimming my sideburns. And I sit down in the chair and I go, I'm not going to pay you if you trim my sideburns. And what happens? I look in the mirror, but of course, he never turns the chair to show me the mirror until I leave. And one of them is wacko. So I know he trimmed my sideburns. <laughs> so. I can't. I just can't imagine going in and going. See this here? Okay. Don't cut these hairs. He physically can't do it. So I'm gonna have to find a new barber, and I don't want to be the Take a piece of masking tape and put it. <laughs> that's, right that's right. Don't, don't touch, touch these. Right. Now you're okay. There you go. So I, I respect the fact that you're keeping the show kind of rook, and I hope that you won't just keep that all kind of private to yourself, but you'll share it with everybody in the community, so that we can all go. Well, that's not that hard. We should do that too, sweetie. Or they're nuts. <laughs> Whatever it may be, but share it. We won't say. Especially because you know, if we're if we're going to be having you guys over, everybody wants to honor you. Mm. Not because you're anybody special, but you're a child of the king. That's good enough. Amen. All right. We have a pull-out couch if we can spend that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, right. That's that, that Sorry, the couch is already full. Uh, yeah. I have one more question before we close, and I uh, bring up our uh, little rabbinic uh, Hoover thing. I've been checking the email. I haven't seen it yet. That's good. Must answer all the questions. Do you think that the 39 code is all or nothing? Is it all or nothing? It depends well, on what you mean by that. Uh, what I mean by that is. Do you think that you have to keep all 39 perfectly or you shouldn't even try? No, no. So it's no different than although, any other. Although the rabbis do say that there's not 39, there's 40. It's in the Talmud. And the 40th is, don't carry anything, and in doing that, you fulfill them all. There it is. It's true. Which makes you think about the guy carrying the sticks. Right? It's thinking. 
I, I really enjoyed going through this because I really did learn. I just had, I had no idea. And I really thought they were all going to be as weird as Karen Matalka. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this, you know, orthodox rabbi with the long peyote and really, really big beard. You know, and he sits down. So now his beard is at his crotch, right? And he's sitting there. Tearing the toilet paper. I don't know what it is. But, you know, I, I just what I always pictured. You know, he's got this stack about three feet tall. Terminal. You know, too many beans. Tear more toilet paper. You know, make a bigger stack. He's a cheap toilet But that's not what it is. It's variable. May you all taste of the sweetness of the world to come in this life. May you see your children's children come to faith. That means almost nothing to many of you, but I know it does to you, and I know it does to you. Thank you. Glad you. May your end be with the life of the world to come, and your deeds affect the hope of many generations. I firmly believe you guys are doing, are doing that. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet, and may your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One. Blessed is He. May you have the self-control to look straight before you even when you're driving or walking in the mall. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah. May your face shine like the brightness of the sky. May your lips utter knowledge. Your heart rejoice in righteousness and your feet run to hear the words of the Ancient of Days. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Thank you.